Welcome to Curva Mundial. Hello, and welcome to the season five premiere of Curva Mundial. I am your host, Sal Bono, and today I am honored to be kicking off this season with a special episode and starting off season five with a bang, as I am joined by two musicians who need no introduction, but they're going to get one anyway. You know guitarist Cav from his work as a solo artist and in Happy Mondays, and Andy Rourke from his work in The Smiths and Dark. Together, they have formed the new band, Blitz Vega. Please welcome to the show two Manchester United supporters, Blitz Vega. Cav, Andy, thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. Hey, Sal. You obviously both hail from England and have been living in America for some time. What's it like watching this sport the sport that you love grow in this country over time um i I think it's great yeah i I mean i've seen it seen it grow over the years since i've been in la i was always you know out at four in the morning going to like a pub you know getting the breakfast getting the beers and like you know watching the games on a big screen with all my friends and you know just um i just absolutely loved it and and, you know just be like kickoff at four-ish or whatever then the last kickoff would be like a 9 30 or 10 in the morning and then you're back home by midday and in bed and just kind of that's your weekend done so that's kind of how all my uh weekends usually are uh in LA I'm back in England at the moment but you know going back three years um um before COVID then uh, that was kind of my weekend lifestyle so but I think Andy watches them at home mainly yeah, mine's been a bit more difficult because I don't drink anymore. It used to be, yeah, just like Cav said, going down to you know, going down the pub with, and meeting a few friends and uh, and watching the game that way on the big screen. So it's become more and more difficult. And um, you know, I have to admit, I'm a little, you know, a little bit detached from it all, and I, I'm not as up to date as I as I would like. All right. All right. Look, I can see that. I mean, I don't want to rub salt in the wound, but I guess with the season that United is having, I would be too if I was a fan. Well, yeah. yeah. A little difficult to watch. But, well, um, well, that's, that, that's been going on for uh, for a few seasons now. So, uh, I mean, pretty on, much since Fergie left. Uh, so, I think, I think we've been having a bit of a uh, difficult time now for, yeah. It's like a decade nearly. So, um, so which is mad because because I guess people still think people who aren't into it still think you know United are this huge, massive, successful, successful club, which they are. But currently, obviously, going through a lot of uh, difficulties. I think we're on track now with Eric Ten Hag. I think he's doing uh, doing um, doing a good job. Uh, um, you know, instilling some discipline and getting some team spirit together and stuff like that. So. For sure. It's 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 all about like cultivating and culture. I'm a huge AC Milan fan. So it's trust me, like being in close to the doldrums and almost close to relegation for a few seasons, it's like, well, wait <laughs> a minute, you know, it's a seven-time Champions League winning yeah. team, you know, one of the most successful clubs in Italy and in all of Europe. And w- what's going on? And you see, like it, it takes a process, but United is one of those teams like the New York Yankees where you just expect results, Real Madrid, you know, Barcelona. Yeah. Bayern Munich, there were just certain teams off the bat, off the top of your head that you can just rattle off and say, you expect to win something every season. This should be silverware. So it is it is difficult. I mean, even as a neutral, it is difficult watching United go through what they're going through. Um, but you're both supporters of this club. How did the fandom come about uh, from this t- uh, for this team 
come about for the both of you? Well, Andy, for me personally, and I'm, I'm sure for Cav, it's like a family thing. You're born into it, and and God forbid, you know, the, you you became a city fan or anything like that. Um, so you, you you know you like it or you lump it, and uh, but yeah, yeah, your dad's a big uh, United fan, isn't he? Yeah, well, yeah, all the family really, um, and like I say, you're born into it. You don't really have a choice, or I didn't. I don't know what it was like with you, Cap. Uh, mine was a bit weird. It was kind of um, Brian Robson had. Um, I, I mean, the first World Cup I sort of really remember is 1990, but for some reason in 1986, um, the one thing I remember is Brian Robson dislocating his shoulder. So I said to my dad who's who's he play for and he said man united and that's how i became a man united fan it was me uh feeling sorry for england's captain coming off in the world cup because that's you know, it that, uh, well all right that, yeah. look I, I look i love both of those <laughs> stories you know because cab my my you were kind of an enigma for me because you're from leicester yeah. so it was just like how are you not a foxes fan which is kind of you know like that that you know so were you but made to feel almost like an outcast because you didn't support the local club. Um, I suppose not, not, not really. I mean, just being a United fan from a young age, I was so um, obsessed with those sort of teams that Mark Hughes the Brian McClare's, uh, Brian Robson, you know, I mean, I can list that team pretty much the whole squad. If you want me to, I can even tell you about Mal Donaghy. Um, so, so, you know, we're, we're talking like, you know, um, yeah, um, I, I was just, my my room was covered in United uh, posters. I was absolutely full-blown, you know, United obsessed until obviously I had this rock and roll love as well at the same time. And then, and then I started taking down some of the United posters on one side of the room and putting, you know, um, Nirvana posters and stuff like that. It's fantastic. You know, for you though, Hailing from Leicester, what was it like seeing that team win Premier League a few years ago? Did you still get it? Was brilliant. It, yeah, definitely, because you know it's my hometown, and the, and the, and I suppose, I mean, it was such an underdog story. It was brilliant, and I was watching a lot of those games in LA, so it was, uh, yeah, it, it was absolutely just incredible, and I felt really happy for them. Um, obviously, not being a fan, you know, I suppose like any neutral out there you felt really happy for a team like that to win. And it was such a great story. And um, yeah, I mean, but the weird thing is, so I'd gone back um, to Leicester the summer before, well, the summer when Claudio Ranieri gets a job and I'm in the Marriott hotel in Leicester, which is, you know, uh, just sort of near, near the motorway, we call it near the M1 motorway. And I'm going in there and I'm using, using the gym. I've got a gig the next day. It's a solo gig at a local festival. And I've come back from the States for it. Anyway, so I'm sitting in the lobby area and Claudio Ranieri walks in. Now, he hasn't been announced as, you know, the manager yet. So um, I was like, wow, that's Claudio Ranieri. And, you know, being a big uh, football fan, so I'm like, hey, Mr. Ranieri, how are you doing? You know, blah, 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 really polite. And he's like, hey, you know, that blah, blah, blah. And we just had a great chat about football. You know, he he just, and then music and realized he was really into, you Whoa. know, um, really good bands and stuff as well. And then, you know, the next day he was announced as a Leicester City manager. So 
that was um yeah that was pretty so, so i felt I, I felt really happy for him because he was just such a nice humble lovely amazing man you know just he, he didn't have a clue who i was he didn't you know i was just some guy just chatting to him in a hotel and you know he was just so just just incredible you know he just had a great vibe about him that's awesome i love him you know he's there's one of, there's very few figures in football that are just universally loved and ranieri is one of them and the yeah. fact that he's a music fan is amazing i would have never pictured that i would have pictured him just to kind of be stuck listening to the opera which is great but you know that's it like it's you know su such a roman man that that's it. it's only the music of that city and that's about it that's fantastic though um andy for you you know being in a band at one point with johnny marr who is an outspoken city supporter was there a friendly banter and rivalry amongst the both of you and is there still yeah, there is. Yeah, um, um, Billy Duff is a, a he's a big um, Man City fan as well. So when the two of them get together, then it's then they really gang up. But um, yeah, Johnny goes to the matches. I think he meets up with uh, Noel Gallagher most most weekends. Um, so he's really into it. Um, obviously, it's a lot easier when you're in Manchester, but. Um, and I did, you know, I I took my dad a few times, you know, and got got a box and everything, and got all, all the royal treatment at, at Old Trafford. So my dad was really pleased about that. Me too, as well, you know. And um, it was a it was a time when uh, it was the match when United um, won seven nil again. Did they win seven nil against Cup? Was that happened. Roma? Yeah, Roma. Yeah, go. I was gonna say I think it was an Italian team, unfortunately. Yeah, um, so that was that was one a really memorable game. That I'm really glad I took my dad to. Um, and yeah, I do miss it. You know the the whole vibe of the of the, of the crowd and everything. For um, sure, for sure. Uh, yeah, it's and, yeah. Go on. For, no, for you. It's like getting, you know that that royal treatment. Does it? Because there is a beautiful connection amongst the music of that city and that team itself. You know, what's it? They're, they're kind of, there's a symbiotic relationship almost. You know, being a part of the legacy of that city, you know, what's that like for you? Does that feel that, you know, Old Trafford is yours and it also is Rowetta's and it's Peter Hook's and it's everybody that, you know, helped build the music of that team and that loves I'm, I'm the, the music of that city that also loves that team? I think you're right, yeah, and I think it goes both ways, you know. I think that the players also um, feel akin to the music as well, you know, and they and they feel part of that. And when you think about it, we 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 go I mean, off the pitch and off stage. We go through you know similar things, and um, um, usually end up at similar. Um, what do you call it? Uh, like not parties, but you know events. Um, so yeah, we used to bump each other a lot that that way. It's quite you know Manchester is still, and you know in my eyes, it's it's a, a small town compared to um, you know New York or for instance. Um, so um, 
What was the question? <laughs> it's just like how, it's all good. Uh, it's how you know how the music, how the musicians of the band, you know, play such oh, a role yeah. in the city, and you know, and the team as well. Okay, so I, yeah, I answered that one. Yeah, cool. for sure. You know, Cav, I had Rowetta and Gaz from Happy Mondays on this podcast in the past. Um, right. Both massive United supporters. Was being a Manchester United supporter a prerequisite for being in Happy Mondays? Because it seems just the whole band is mad for the team. Yeah, um, it made life easier, I think. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, just, you know, you could watch. Um, I wasn't in the band when Rowetta was in the band. Um at the time but yeah Gaz was in the band and you know um obviously Bears and people like that so and Sean you know all all, all United fans so um yeah uh, I mean it was easy to watch United games and talk United and stuff but I think when I was in the band it was a really good it was a fairly good period for uh for the team so uh generally it was a uh, you know we're pretty positive not much to moan about for sure you know let's talk about music now you know, how did Blitz Vega come about? How did this relationship amongst the two of you form? Um, um, I'll let you go, Kev. Yeah, okay. Um, well, I guess, um, uh, I suppose Andy was coming over to LA quite a bit. I had these um, nights called Dance in a Panic, which were like um, club events, parties, with a bit of a British theme to them. And... Um, and um, Andy was coming over and DJing and um, we spoke about recording some music together and we'd spoke about it a few times in the past. And um, well, actually, when I first came to the States, I was playing um, Coachella with the Mondays and Andy was DJing. So um, so we kind of uh, touched base and I think he just moved to New York. So that was kind of years before. But then, you know, you fast forward like 10 years later and um, and. Um, we're in a studio together suddenly in Silver Lake. And, um, and then like, you know what, shall we just, we just enjoyed it so much. We enjoyed the process. We're massive Stones fans, you know, Bowie fans into the same stuff. There was such a good vibe in the studio. Um, everything felt really natural creatively. And we thought, you know what, shall we just start a band? And that was it. And so Blitz Vega was born. And then I'd send Andy loads of names. He'd be, like no, 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 and then finally Blitz Vegas stuck, <laughs> and that was it. I love it. I love it. You know, sometimes you know life just happens that way, and the chips fall, and it just works out perfect. But your fantastic first single, the great tune "Strong Forever," Andy, you routine with Johnny Marr. What was it like working with him again in the studio since your days in the Smiths? I mean, it's always always great to work with Johnny, um, and when the song was born and the reason it was written it was written was as a charity song uh and against uh racism and bullying in as you know in football and and in life really and so yeah me and Cav sat down and we were going through a list of um who can you know let's get a couple of guests on it it just you know let's bolster it and um I said, well, I could ask Johnny, and we go, ooh, ooh, that's a big one, you know, that would, that would be really good. And so I asked him, and he, he was, you know, he's kind enough, and and but he was really enthusiastic about it, and yeah, and he was kind enough to play in it, and um, he really, 
I wouldn't say changed it, but he, he brought his he brought Johnny Marr to the song, you know, and um, <laughs> you know. Uh, like he like he does. Um, yeah, and it was great. It was great. Fantastic. You know, Cav, for you, what was it like having half of the Smiths at this point on your on your lead single? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I I had no idea that that would happen whatsoever. You know, Andy just called me up just really chilled and just said, oh, Johnny said he'll play guitar on the track. And, um, you know, and I was just kind of like Johnny who, to be totally honest with you, because I just didn't expect that to happen. So, <laughs> um, so um, then, you know, Johnny Marr, you know, and I was like, oh, right. Okay. Well, uh, that's pretty big. Um, and, um, and, and then within a few days, we get these parts sent over. So I was sitting, COVID had hit around this time. So we weren't actually in the studio together. So I was sitting in my studio in England and just, um, yeah, just with these parts. And I pulled up all the files and put them into um, Logic. And I was just listening to it. And uh, yeah, it was pretty mind blowing because his parts, like Andy said, were exactly what you would expect. But it was just beautiful, to be honest, listening to Andy's bass and uh, Johnny Marr's guitar together um it it was pretty special and then at that point you're kind of like a little bit embarrassed to be on the track you know you kind of think well shouldn't really be on this track you should need someone else or something but but we did have someone else we did have someone else um at that time as well because we did have uh um tom who was in fabian so um at the time but then uh went through a few different singer ideas and then andy's like um you know you've sang all the other stuff so you should sing it so um I was like, okay, cool, because I write the lyrics and stuff. So, yeah, there you go. So that, that's kind of what happened. It's such a great tune. It really is. It's 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 like also like the perfect lead single to announce to the world, like, this is who we are. Uh, you know, do you find that music fans and football fans are similar because they carry the same passion and love when they, you know, when they enjoy something? It's, you know, you have major uh, both of you huge music fans huge united fans and it seems as if you know you are a symbolic of the rest of the fandom is that they they tend to go hand in hand for you both like making music and being able to enjoy football as a fan like do you think that you know what's that like for you like seeing that this relationship amongst two completely different worlds that also but also feel kind of similar yeah, definitely. And I think that's why the song worked perfectly. I mean, when the song was coming about, to be totally honest with you, I was listening to football fans on the terraces and kind of working out the tempo of, you know, the common chants um, across stadiums. And that's how the tempo of the song was actually sort of uh, decided originally. So, so there is just a constant link between it. And I think with bands like us, especially the most more up-tempo tracks, they are kind of somehow the rhythm of football works so well with the rhythm of our music. And I think that goes with a lot of sort of British bands, you know, um, especially the bands who come from um backgrounds where football is such a big part of the community so i think it's just it's just ingrained it's in touch you know we're, we're all in touch with it and it, it just has a huge influence and i i think i think a lot of people are a lot of people especially in la a lot of um sort of the indie crowd in la wouldn't really understand that you know 
I suppose there was such a huge link because they would see these, you know, bands maybe from Manchester and stuff as just as really arty and kind of really sort of, you know, a certain type of person that they assumed them to be, um, which they're not, you know, uh, they, they have that side, but they also have this amazing kind of passion for, you know, um, football, you know, Manchester City, Manchester United, Liverpool, Everton, you know, it just goes on, you know, the Sabian guys with Leicester City, they're completely, it's it's the music, it's like, you know, Stone Roses, this is the one, is played before, you know, United walk out to this day, so, um, and I think Wolves play, uh, I think a Led Zeppelin track, uh, I, I, I don't know, but it's kind of always, um, yeah, there's always a link between music and football, and it's, uh, yeah goes hand in hand for some reason i love it i mean it's it's one of it's two of my favorite things and i can chat about this all day uh for i just want to point out because this is just an audio podcast cav is wearing an lafc hat so yeah is there a, so obviously you're a fan of them i just want to touch base on that what's it like seeing that yeah. team now with gareth bale Giorgio Chiellini, and winning the MLS. And I'm naked. I'm naked, by the way. Yes, and and Andy, and Andy is not wearing anything. So, um, <laughs> so it's 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 me with a shitty beard and like dorky glasses and two very cool musicians. One not with clothes and one you know fully clothed. With wrapped up. Seat. I'm full of clothes. I'm full. I'm freezing. I'm like uh, hot and cold. Um, yeah. I'm getting um, a bit chilly. <laughs> LAFC is my local team the stadium's like two and a half miles from where um my place was in las Feliz. so uh so uh, i would go to the odd galaxy games back in the day but lafc was just really easy for me to go and watch so uh so yeah i started going to games and uh go with my friends um um really good friend of mine chris Alanek, would take me unfortunately he's not with us but um but he he used to have like a season ticket so we'd go together um and um a friend of mine robert starks who works in sort of you know film distribution he he also he, he also goes on a regular basis with uh with you know lots of expats and italians and uh americans irish just people from all types of different backgrounds and they all go and it, the atmosphere is absolutely incredible so um it's an amazing stadium and it's got a great vibe to it so yeah i'm really ha happy they uh, had such a successful season this year fantastic now time for a coffee break curva mundial is sponsored by mod cup coffee in jersey city but you can get it anywhere in the world from ModCup.com. ModCup. Drink modern coffee. Use code MUNDIAL for 10% off your first order. Uh, we're now in my favorite part of the podcast. We're at the very end, the home stretch. I have three rapid-fire questions for the both of you uh, pertaining to only Manchester United. Um, so just say who wants to answer first. Uh, but the questions are for the both of you. So number one is if you could bring back one retired player to your club, a former United player, alive or dead, who would it be and why? Me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it would be um, uh, George Best because he was the first superstar footballer. He, he was the first one who brought fashion and music and glamour to football, I think. What was it and, like watching him? 
just amazing. He was just, you know, so entertaining and a show, you know, a showman. And um, he was a showman who, who could pull it off every time, you know, and and dazzle. And not many people can dazzle. And Kev? Um, Cantona, I guess. Um, just, um, just because I think a character like that that's the kind of character they need who's uh exceptionally talented but really tough at the same time um so uh yeah i think um yeah eric can uh, for me all righty now this is now i know united has a lot of money but let's pretend we live in a world where they have more money than manchester city if there is an active player today that the team could sign who would it be and why hmm Right, that's uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I, I mean, the annoying thing is, um, I would have said Harland um, a few months back, without a doubt. Um, now, I mean, Mbappe. I think him playing with Rashford, um, they're, they're friends anyway. I think they would strike up quite a fearsome um, relationship on the pitch I think uh, they would be exceptional but I don't think that's going to happen but that would be amazing if it did well this is why it's ultimate fantasy football my friend we get to yeah pick there you go <laughs> of course of course yeah and for you Andy uh for me I don't know I've, I've just drawn a blank on that one so right. pass and finally what has been your favorite moment as a fan of this team yeah Andy Cap. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I, I, I mean, again, it's, uh, I suppose there's two moments. As a kid, when uh, when they won against Barcelona um, in Rotterdam and, and beat, um, uh, won the Cup Winners' Cup, I thought that was a, uh, that, that was a big moment for me as a kid um, and gave me lots of joy. I was actually pulled out the shirt that um they wore for that um and i remember going to old trafford and my mum buying me that shirt and uh, they, they didn't have any other sizes left apart from large so i had a large you know it was huge on me at the time and then i was just um saying to one of my friends i pulled it out recently i was going through some old stuff and i was like look i can you know I'm so glad my mum got a large back then because I can wear it now. So, uh, so uh, yeah, uh, Cup Winners' Cup. And then um, 99 was just, you know, Ollie and Sheringham, you know, doing the business. Um, again, in Barcelona, the new camp was just absolutely ridiculous. I don't think uh, I've ever experienced anything like that. So, um, yeah, they would be the moment, two moments for me. All right. Yeah, I, I would say that, yeah, again, the, the Cup Winners' Cup. And I'm pretty lazy, you know, when it comes to even leaving the house. Uh, but I went to, to I, I lined the streets in Manchester to watch them bring the cup back on the, on the double-decker bus and everything. And, um, yeah, that was a moment I'll, I'll never, never forget. I love it. I absolutely love it. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, the band is Blitz Vega. You can find them on Instagram and Twitter. And when is the album coming out? Um, it will be out uh, later next year. We've got um, a vinyl coming out for Record Store Day in April, um, eight song vinyl. So the album will follow that. Fantastic. And a couple of singles before that. So, yeah. Love it. 
Thank you so much for coming on and thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Cheers, right. Sal. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Follow us on Twitter at Curva Mundial Pod and subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening.